You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow! Ow! Some things never change, like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on, and Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. P- please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Blog boys, come out to play, yay! Welcome to the Blog Boys Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Delvin Cox, and who is my co-host? Let him let it be known, brother. My name is Christian. What's going on? How y'all doing tonight? Everything good. Everything good. Well, how do we describe this podcast? Uh, hmm. I'm not sure. I mean, how do you want to tell the the uh, the new fans how it um how it originated? Okay. How. Let me just break that down. Okay, me and my boy Christian are part of a thread. And one of the terms that was thrown around the, the thread to kind of discredit my boy Christian was blog boy. Which, if you really think about it, is silly. Because, one, in the time and generation we live in right now, damn near everybody's a blog boy or a YouTube guy. Or something like that. And the YouTube guys are the ones who are making all the damn money. So to call somebody <laughs> a, a blog boy or like a YouTuber, that's not really offensive. So we kind of took, we, we kind of wanted to take this negative and turn it into a positive and not necessarily just the brother who said it, but to show him, hey, you know, there's other ways to do things. You don't always have to. Be so negative about things. So me and Christian are gonna come out here every weekend, talk about some of the crazy things that happen in the world that bloggers may talk about, and just add our two cents on it. Since we blog boys now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I guess let's start with the first story. You want to start the first story, then, Christian? The um, that whole video where um, Donald Glover released this in America. And then I want to say that less than a day afterwards, um, some YouTuber. Um, White people stole it. I can't remember her name. <laughs> <laughs> That's we can't, we can't have anything to ourselves, man. Can't have nothing to ourselves. Name. Let me find her name right now. She's a YouTube star. Her name's Nicole Arbiter, if I'm correct. She basically made a woman's version of This Is America almost to the point to like she didn't get the point of the video in the first place. So, I mean, it's it's gentrifying a song about struggle. I mean, that's not ironic. I don't know what it is. It's almost the truest form of white privilege. That's really what it is. I mean, it's it's funny because, and this is might be controversial. I don't give a fuck (laughs) at this point in time. (laughs) But um, you know, we always go at our own people. And I'm talking referring to black people, like it's just like saying, "Oh, Bruno Mars is a culture appropriation and stealing our culture," or this other person is stealing our culture. But then when shit like this happens, we're like, "Ah, well, we're used to it." <laughs> and it's so weird, yeah. that, but it's true. It's literally blatantly stealing our culture. And it's the video that was, I think, you know, th- this video that um, Child is getting beat on made. 
meant so much to so many people. It's so many deep layers to it and so much content. And it says a lot about America and how African Americans see America. And yeah, she said, fuck all that. <laughs> yeah. And literally, in less than a day, her response is, fuck all that. We're going to take what you said and make it about white people. And it's not, and not saying that she was supposedly trying to do that or not, but that's essentially what it became. It became a conversation about white women. She, she made it about modern feminism and modern feminism. Um, it doesn't include black women and other women of color. It's, I mean, they, they try to, but they really don't. I mean, they don't, they don't care about that. Yeah, and I think they don't realize. It's like, um, how do you say it? It's like when, um, this is going to be controversial as well. It's like when white people say, oh, we, we care about equality. We care about equality. Look how we treat Asian people. Okay. <laughs> it's not the same as how you treat Asian people, how you treat black people. Just because you treat one race good doesn't mean that you're not treating another race like shit. That doesn't, like, change the narrative. And the fact that you know how you treat another race just shows you the problem with the hand. I mean, you shouldn't know how well you treat someone. You should just treat everyone with the same respect, you know? Yeah, you know, it's like, um, it was an old Dave Chappelle skit where um, I think it was, he was on a plane on the Chappelle show. Mm-hmm. And the white people was looking at the black people funny. And the black people was looking at the Muslim people funny. And it was, the, the, the skit was all about showing how each and every person, every, each and every race has their own kind of prejudice about situations and have their own stereotypes. And I think people don't, don't, don't necessarily get that nowadays. I think that's kind of lost on people because you can't just, one, you can't make jokes about things. You oh, can't, make a, can't make jokes about anything nowadays. You can't make a funny black joke. You can't make a funny white joke. And then you have situations yeah. like this where people, are, I guess, people are too woke. So you can't just let one person do, do their craft and let it just sit for a minute without somebody else immediately having to either copy that craft or respond to that craft. Sometimes things don't need are fine left alone. Yeah. She didn't you have to make this video. You know, it's crazy how deep this, um, this in America was. All the layers and everything he's talking about without seeing anything with all the images in the background. And you bypass all of that to make it about your struggle. And it's not about... And like Dave Chappelle said and um. Birds and, and Equimity, I think, one, one of the standards on Netflix. Uh, it's not the Struggle Olympics. But at the same time, like, you got to understand, like, you just, stuff like that, no. People aren't going to tolerate that, man. Yeah, because she basically took a song about African-American struggles and things that go on in the African-American community and so much and tried to put it towards the, I guess, feminism? But you, it's, I think Donald Glover responded to it. He was like, it looked like a parody video. He's not mad at it that she made it, yeah. but she would, he would prefer her to make her own video, do something original. Because you, and it's true, you know, I, I, don't, I don't have a problem with you making something for women and feminism oh, or anything like that, of course. But you know, one be original. Why that video? Why that yeah, video? Yes. Because there's a funky beat to it. and I mean, see, that, that's the other thing about the song itself. It has a really nice sound to it. So some people, unfortunately, they're not going to listen to 
what he's saying or the images behind him or the scenes that are being portrayed. They're going to hear the beat. Yeah. You know what it reminds me of? Some people aren't that intelligent. (laughs) That's true. You know what it reminds me of? You remember when all the rappers, when Kendrick Lamar verse fucking Troll came out? Oh, man. Every rapper made a damn verse to control. It was like, come on now. Not everybody needs to make this verse to control. How about y'all do something original? And I mean, it's like what what Kendrick Lamar said on Control. It wasn't really that bad. I mean, that's what every rapper thinks about each other. They want to be the best. They're the best at their craft. Every rapper thinks that. So he's just saying that publicly. I don't understand what the big problem was. I mean, he did take over Big Sean's song, but I mean, hey, it's Big Sean. (laughs) Nobody respects Big Sean. Let's talk about that for a second. How people always. I've always been the person who's fine with arrogance. You're supposed to think of yourself as the best at what you do. If you're not, why do it? Exactly. Like, if you're not saying you're the best NBA player in the world or the best rapper in the world, then why the hell do it? It doesn't make any sense. Like, Let's basketball. Like Steph and LeBron uh, being on the same court. Like, oh, Steph thinks, oh, but you know, LeBron's better than me. Like, no, 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 no person thinks that. They always think they're the best. Ain't you supposed to? It's human nature. I think it was um, Anton Walker. I think they asked about that a while back. And he was like, I'm the best player. Dude. <laughs> My circumstances stopped me from being the best player, but I'm better than all these guys. I'm better than Jordan. You know, Anton Walker makes Russell Westbrook seem tame when it comes to shot selection. <laughs> yeah, Anton Walker, trust me, I know. I, as a Heat fan, oh my God. him and Jamal Bashburn just made me want to throw <laughs> to the TV screen. They never saw a shot they didn't like. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, dude, we, we have like the video. Childish Gambino is a unique guy. And I've always appreciated, whether you like his music or not, I always appreciate that the fact that he always chooses to go left when everybody else is going right. I used to say that a lot about um, my guy from Odd Future. I can't think of his name right now. Tyler, the creator. He's also similar in that way where he chooses to kind of go down his own path, whether it makes sense or not. But I, I, I appreciate seeing, even to a lesser extent, not necessarily if I like their music enough, Young Thug. Yeah. Young Thug goes down his own route, and I kind of appreciate the fact that we have artists out there who chooses, you know what, these guys are doing this over here. Let me go do this. I think it reminds me of what hip-hop used to be. You just brought up Donald Glover and um, how he's how he has his own lane to everything, you know? Yeah. So, um, my mom had this conversation not too long ago. And we were talking about um, Jesse Williams, the guy from um, The Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, the guy who... How, yeah, how he made that speech um, and how he left his wife for a white woman. And my mom told me that you can't be about the struggle, yet you're dating Britney. And when she told me that, I didn't really get. I didn't really get it because I didn't really. I didn't think that you have to marry a black woman to care about. The, you have to care about black people, you know. But a lot of people think like that. Yeah, I think it's well. It comes down to what. How do I describe this? People, just I'm gonna say it straight up. Black women has been mistreated for a long time. Yeah. 
And no. you know, it and it comes down to that black hurt, you know, when black women feel like they're not appreciated. And it's crazy to say that, but it's true. Like they aren't. And one of the worst things you can do is choose to fall in love with somebody who's not in your race in terms when it comes to a black man. And me as a black man, I know this for a fact because my wife's Spanish. And face it, like honestly speaking, I live in Miami. A large population of in people in Miami are Hispanic. So it's not like I was looking for a Hispanic person to marry. It just happens to be that that's the person I chose to fall in love with and date. I mean, Miami is black. basically Cuba. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's right there. And it's crazy because I dated plenty of black women before I got married, but yet all those black women don't count. <laughs> they just look at the one Spanish person I'm married to like, oh, you don't like black women. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, and it's, pretty much. You know, you know they, when they see my wife, and I, this is me getting personal. This is funny to say these stories, but this is I'm going to give this story. When I got my wife, I've had so many women who are African-Americans and hit on me blatantly because of my wife being Hispanic. And they think she's not a threat. Yes. they'll And, and a couple wow. of times they hit on me in front of her. And my wife is a little bit hood. <laughs> she's the type of woman who like people say oh, see, her, see her as being Spanish and they don't realize my wife will throw hands with you she's that type of person like yeah hold up now hold, no no you're not gonna try me like that that's disrespectful they, though you know just in front of you I mean come on now or in general yeah you know? yeah and you know people kind of and it's like I said and I said this all the time I find it crazy that I have to explain my blackness to people because well my wife my wife's Spanish Oh, that means you don't like black girls. Like, no, that's not a case There's at all. There's women before her. I didn't just start dating her the first woman ever. Like, no. Yeah, you know, it's just that the situation that I had before that didn't work out with the black woman. There's nothing wrong with that. If God forbid me and my wife was to ever break up, nine times out of ten, my next girlfriend probably would be a black girl. But people don't see that logic. You know, my wife has been great to me. I have two beautiful kids. Mm-hmm. My daughter is darker than me. <laughs> and the crazy thing about it is my kids, and it's weird to even say this, my kids do not claim their Spanish side at all. Really? They have a Spanish, they don't want to learn Spanish. They truly are only on this black thing. Like they don't they're not interested in learning Spanish. They're not interested in learning about Spanish culture. And I have to kind of like as much as I teach them about being black, I have to kind of show them now like, hey, you gotta kind of lean to your Spanish side too. Yeah, so it's weird for me to like have to try to teach them that as well because they're like, huh? They basically consider themselves more black. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, they're kids. I think maybe when they get older, a little bit more. Maybe how old are they? My son is almost. She's gonna be 13 this year. My daughter is 10. She'll be 11. Wow. Yeah, they got some more years to go. I mean, they're still kids. You hopefully. Yeah, they can. Hopefully, they'll grow. I think they'll grow into it. But it's interesting how, when we have situations, how people look at things. Like my kids see themselves as black kids. It's mm-hmm. not like they're like, "Well, my dad's mom, wife is Spanish, so I'm part Spanish." No, they see themselves as black kids. You know, that's the thing about mixed. Kids, like I live in 
uh, I live about 20 minutes outside of Chicago. So it's never, it's called, it's the suburbs, but then again, it's really not because it's literally within arm's reach. But there are, the town I live in, people are very diverse. I mean, all types of colors, creeds, hues, everything. But occasionally I do see the, the mixed black and white girl that is around my age that you can just kind of tell they aren't in touch with the black side more, I mean, as much as the white side. Because, uh, I mean, <laughs> it's sad, you know? Yeah. I'll... And this is, this is people my age. These aren't, these aren't like your kids. Those are kids. These are like grown people that don't know where they come from. Like a kid is different. You're grown. You should know where you come from. Come on. Yeah, and I always no excuse for that. try to preach to my kids, learn both sides of your culture because you have the best of both worlds, especially in Miami where Man, bilingual. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's gonna get you a job and a bag. (laughs) You know, I trust some certain jobs will pay you more because you speak more languages. Yeah, then I tell them like, "Hey, you never know, man." Plus, on the plus side, if somebody talking crap about you, know what they're saying? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You know, and it's you know, I always it's crazy. Like we went on a whole tangent about this thing, but. I think it, it plays into what we were saying that this American video means, means a lot to black people and Donald Glover at this point what is he, what he's doing not only with that video with Atlanta which I just started watching and everything yep. he's doing man that's a good show <laughs> I'm glad you started watching it two episodes in so far I like it a lot but he's shining a light on African American culture and, and popularizing, which is pretty yeah. cool to see. And the thing about Atlanta is that no network wanted to give it a shot, not one. And then FX picked it up, and now it's probably like one of their highest-rated TV shows. Yeah, and the crazy thing yeah. about it is, he was he was doing a Deadpool cartoon show that was supposed to be on FX. Yeah, I remember that. But Fox made some BS excuse. I think it was Fox. I think they said it was Fox that made the excuse, well, that Donald Glover was too busy to do the show. So Donald Glover just literally wrote a script yeah, for the show he would, in one day. And I think they, they came out and said he's, he came out and made a statement saying he wasn't too busy because they wouldn't give him like complete control. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy that with the success he's having... The careers have right now that you wouldn't just give him a project like that ever. I mean, I can understand where he's coming from because as an artist, you don't want to be restricted. But for some reason, these networks, you know, they they cater to an audience, and if that audience isn't satisfied, then it's not going to happen, which is unfortunate because I would have really liked to see that. I mean. I think it'll be Deadpool in cartoon form. Yeah, what he Roman wrote, men will be watching I, that. I read the script. What he wrote, what he wrote was actually awesome. It felt like Deadpool. Did it really? Yeah, it felt like uh, episode. It felt like what you want from a Deadpool cartoon show. Didn't he release part of the script on his Twitter yeah. page like about two weeks ago? Yeah, okay, I, I, yeah, I read the whole thing for what he everything he released. It, it was really good. And that, if, if that was like him just writing down like his first draft, whatever, it was a very good first draft. And now it'll never happen. <laughs> yeah. 
that sucks. Or they'll just whitewash it and give it to somebody white. <laughs> Go back to what you said. They'll just give it to some white guy. Hey, make Deadpool. I'm not sure to bet that's probably going to happen too. I'm almost sure about it. They're going to give it to somebody else. It's going to be a Deadpool TV show that's not going to be as good. But what can you do? Can't do much about it, to be honest. Yeah. All right, let's get to the next topic, I guess. Okay, Spotify is to stop promoting R. Kelly content with the new hate content and hateful conduct policy. Did you hear what this policy is, essentially? Yeah, I guess he's getting more attention because of all the sexual harassment and assault stuff. And they took him off on XX Temptation. I think that's how you pronounce his name, the rapper know. from Florida. I don't know. How you and all this is happening. It's all nice and dandy, but when are they going <laughs> to arrest Harvey Weinstein for something? <laughs> I mean, Bill Cobb's going to jail. Why is he still free? <laughs> yeah. So, so for those who don't know, Spotify has this new policy that they're going to any basically any type of artists who have like promote hate or any type of it's kind of weirdly worded because they're basically saying anybody who's been accused of hateful content and stuff like that they're not going to promote their music they're not going to promote their music so R. Kelly's still on Spotify but he's not he's not going to be on any Spotify playlist so the chances are you won't be able to find R. Kelly on on Spotify at all it's going to be hard, hard to find his songs. And it's a very slippery slope you come, you come down when you make these kind of policies because what happened now, I don't know what you, if you know what's happening now. Uh, women's groups are coming around saying, hey, now that you took off R. Kelly, you need to take off Nelly, you need to take off Eminem, and they're naming a whole bunch of other artists you need to take off for their misogynistic lyrics and things like that. So I guess we're going to go down that rabbit hole now, huh? This is yeah. how this is going to happen? Essentially, yeah. They kind of opens up a hornet's nest. We're just going to bubble wrap everything and just, you know, eliminate everybody. Yeah, it's, it's crazy to think about it. And I'm, I'm always been the type of person who say this. Yes, this country has freedom of speech. You can say <laughs> what you want to say, but you also have consequences to that freedom of speech. And businesses like Spotify have the right to take down your music or whatever you put up because it's a it's it's a business. But on the other hand of that, when you do stuff like that, when companies like Spotify cave into people's demands and stuff, we as mm-hmm. consumers have the right to be like, nah, you know what, we're not messing with this no more. So it's kind of I'm, you kind of have to kind of have a good balance with that. And I'm talking about Spotify, at least, in terms of like either not make the policy up at all or know what you're doing when you make that policy up. Yeah, because once you do that, I mean, it's no going back, you know? Yeah, essentially, no, there's no going back. And now you have, like I said, now you have these women's groups saying, hey, we don't want Eminem on there. We don't want. Nelly on there, and the thing about R. Kelly, even though R. Kelly to me is a piece of shit, <laughs> I mean, he's to be honest, I can't, I can't remember the last month actually just listening to an R. Kelly song on purpose. Yeah, he's a piece of shit, but he hasn't been convicted of any crime. You know, that's the other part of it. Yeah, we are. We know he's a, 
he's a crappy human being. But they haven't charged him for anything yet. Yeah. And the crazy thing about it is, you like like you said with the Harvey Weinstein thing. Harvey Weinstein's a creep ball, but he doesn't get charged with anything. And on top of that, you had um trying to think of the guy's name who actually got charged and convicted of rape. He's a director. I can't think of his name right now. He was charged. So, nah, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Short white dude with gray hair. Yeah, he was charged. Ro- and Roman convi- Polanski. Yeah, he was Roman charged Polanski. and convicted of rape and just left the country. He was okay. Like, ah, oh, well, he's gone. And people kind of still celebrate this guy. They just now started taking him out of, like, um, like honor societies and stuff like that. Like the yeah. American Movie Society. Yeah, but he's not going to jail. Bill Cosby's going to prison. Oh, he's not going to jail, but Bill Cosby's definitely going to get some jail time. And it's crazy to think about it. It's not to be like they're unfair to Bill Cosby or whatnot. What Bill Cosby did is horrible, but in that same note, it, it goes to show you how African-Americans are treated when it comes to situations like this. Well, the book will get thrown at us a lot harder for crimes as opposed to our white counterparts. And it's not like I said, this is not a, it's not always a black or white thing. I don't want to make it a black or white issue because I'm the type of person who always says like we have to kind of know we have to kind of pick our battles. Yeah, definitely. Because people, if you fight every battle, there's no one's gonna listen to you. Yeah, because people so are so willing to cry wolf for everything, then it becomes a point where, well, we don't have to believe you. Well, you just do do this all the time anyway. And you kind of have to pick and choose when to say something. You know, as you say that, I was talking about this with some of my friends, and they thought that Chance the Rapper made this, um, he quoted a tweet about this Heineken commercial that he said was racist. And to me, I mean, I didn't think it was racist. I just didn't really think it was anything. And everyone was so up in arms about it. And I was like, all this outrage, so you, you can't do that all the time and everything, man. You can't. Because it makes our. It makes, the commercial our, talking. Those it the commercial it makes talking us look about. weak. Yeah. For those who don't know the commercial you're talking about, it was a Heineken commercial, what, it was a month back? Where yeah, about a month back. The, the bartender slid down a bottle of Heineken down the bar and it essentially passed all the black people. And went to the white person. And it was like, what was it? Lighter is better. Yeah, light, Sometimes lighter, is, lighter better. is better. And I mean, for anyone that drinks yeah. beer, they know lighter is better because it's less calories. It had nothing to do about race or anything. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's weird because, you know, if, if they did it intentional, it's, oh, it's whatever. But at the end of the day, you have to choose your battles. You can't just go out and get angry and have outrage over everything that happens. That's some do, of them. I mean, people barely respect this, respect what we have to say as it is. Now, if you go out here just pointing fingers at everything, make them even care less. Yeah, I agree. They're going to care less and they're going to sit there and say, hey, you guys just complain over everything. And it's not even just People to get them to care about the uh, about what's going on. There's just people that aren't informed. Now, if they see that you're reaching out every single time, you think they're gonna think they're gonna want to you know care or understand it? No. 
Yeah, I agree with you. Perfect. Okay, last topic. It is not really a topic. We're just going to talk about some things. We'll see. All right. What are you listening to right now? What type of music are you listening to lately? What albums have been bumping lately that you like? Man, I've been playing, I've been playing this KOD probably about every day. I mean, from front to back, I can't tell you last time I played the album that much. From track one to the last one. It's, it's, it's really good. Um, you know, some Frankie Beverly, Maze, Rifle in the Fire. That's pretty much in my rotation every day. That's good. That's good. That's good. Right now, I am listening to um, Voice to Five Nines Book of Ryan, which I think is excellent. Excellent album. And I'm listening to some Logic. Bobby Terrence, really? too. Yeah, I've just started getting into Logic. Uh, <laughs> Logic is an interesting dude, man. He is. I, think I can he definitely gets, say that. He gets a bad rap, I think. Listen to his music. I think I don't know. I don't subscribe him. I think he has good intentions. I don't think that that goes to the same. I mean, he better for people like him. And while I, while I may not be as different as he is in regards to his race. Biracial, black kids, it's too good for black. I think I can understand that. I think he does have a good point when he says it's hard for him being biracial in a sense because he's he's kind of right in the sense where he says that black people don't fully accept him because they look at him as being white, and white people kind of like accept him to an extent. Then they realize, hey, they, it's kind of easier to like, how do you say this? Lo- people who look like Logic are the ones they usually accept. Mm. Because he's, true. he's non-threatening looking. If you look at Logic <laughs> and you look at you or me, Logic is the one that I'm like, oh, we can hang out with him. Yeah, he's going to pull out the Uno car, it's not the nine. <laughs> exactly. So it's... And like I think he said it before, people feel more freely to say things about black people in front of him, which isn't necessarily always a good thing. No, it's not, especially when you selectively pick who you're going to say what to. I mean, it's kind of diluting what you're trying to say. Yeah. But so far, I'm enjoying his music, man. Like I said, I, I bought, what is it, Bobby Tarantino 2? That's my yeah. first logic I'm really listening to. It's pretty good. He's talented. It's just I kind of just like I don't know how you describe his music. It's it's not like Kendrick. Kendrick is deep and he has the wordplay. Kendrick is kind of like hard, and Logic has his moments of being hard. But he has his moments where he's just kind of like, uh, I don't know how you describe it. I want to say like poppy. Like he can be mainstream, essentially. I mean, people respect Kendrick more because he's, he's a black man. And no one's going to really listen to Logic when he's talking about stuff like that. 
But I mean, that doesn't mean his message shouldn't be cared for as much, you know, just because it's biracial. Just because he's biracial, I mean, he can't talk about black issues. I mean, look at Drake. People respect Drake. He's biracial. Yeah, you're right. I think the Drake thing's interesting because Drake is one of the few artists, which I find fascinating, that he kind of got outed for not writing his lyrics, and people just don't give a fuck. No, they don't, because he releases heat. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things like, if you're not Diddy or Dr. Dre smile like that, they care about you writing your lyrics. Like, Diddy can get away with not writing yeah. his lyrics. Drake can get away with not writing his lyrics. But anybody else, essentially, you have to write your lyrics. I think it's also just showing the um, the difference in times of rap fans. You know, back in the day, if you didn't write your own lyrics, people didn't really respect who you were as a person. You know, yeah. imagine Biggie having a ghostwriter. What? Yeah, that would be that would be bad. I I just find it this generation is interesting like that now because. Well, hip hop in general, because it doesn't really, the lyrics don't matter no more. No, I mean, you got people like, uh, what's his name? Uh, what's that dude's name? Lil Yachty? I mean, when he, when he raps, I don't don't even know what he's saying, to be honest. It sounds like he's underwater. Yeah. And it's weird because, like I said, this generation, they, they, I guess their music's cool. They, that's what they like, but it's not like when I was coming up, Lyrics had more substance to it. Even the rappers who you would, you would always have rappers like Little John and yeah. even, who else you could do? Even the Yin Yang Twins and stuff like that. But they weren't your top artists. Your top artists were the Jay Z's, the Nas's, the Outcasts, people like that. Oh man, yeah. Now, maybe some good albums right now. Yeah. Now it's more of like, okay, who's your top artist? Yeah, you got your Drake's and your Kendrick's. J. Cole's, but on your, also on your top artists, you have people like Little Yachty, the Migos. Oh, God. And those are the people who are looked at as okay, these are the guys in hip hop that people respect. Like, it's hey, not why is that, Maybe it's this generation. This generation is more about having fun than it is about lyrics and substance. You know, I'm not the type of guy to beat up on, even though I am part of this generation, I'm not the type to beat up on my own people. My own age group, but I mean, at the same time, some of these rappers really aren't rappers, they're just Looney Tunes characters. Yeah, they look funny colored hair, and there's more attention to how they live their life than it is the music, and that's sort of the part I think that is messed up. Yeah, they look like character to caricatures of black people. Yeah, pretty much. And even worse, like, I was watching a video the other day, and uh, I think it was Yachty. It was, what's that dude with the Fruity, uh, fruity Pebble hair from New York? Um, X, no, that's not him. What's the no, guy? That's him. Uh, damn, I can't remember, really can't remember his the name. The guy who was on The Breakfast Club a couple of weeks ago, a month back. Yeah. Uh, that everybody loves. He got that song, Gumbo. Yeah, I haven't heard one of his songs ever. Somebody, oh, my, my little cousin just let me hear one of his songs the other day. That's how I know who you're talking about. How bad was it? He's not that bad as the other artists. Yeah. But it's not great. He, he, you can understand what he's saying. He's just, 
remember his name. Takashi 69 or something shit like that. Yeah, 69. Yeah. Yeah, he's not that bad. Mm-hmm. Like he does he's not, I wouldn't necessarily call him a mumble rapper. He's not. I mean, for from what people have told him before, I mean he he raps and he yeah, writes he, most of his own stuff. It's just not good stuff. Yeah, it's not stuff. He's not writing the blueprint or no, no, he's, not, he's not here writing take care or something like that. Exactly. Wait, did Drake write Take Care? See, look, now I got now his entire discography. Is See, my whole thing about Drake is ghostwriter. <laughs> no, no I don't think he has a ghostwriter. I think he did it for you don't think so? certain things. Know why I say that? Because how do you explain earlier Drake albums? I don't think Drake had a ghostwriter back in the day. I want to say after. Either after Take Care or after, yeah, after Take Care. I think that's when he started using the ghostwriter. I want to say, if you listen, the way I look at it, I think I, I, if I would take, oh, go ahead and say what you were saying first. Like, uh, after Take Care, I think that's when he started using the ghostwriter. Because the albums after Take Care it sounded totally different. It sounded more like commercial, successfully driven. And as much as I can understand that, that's not what people really want. I mean, that's not what the fans want. Yeah, I think when well, I listen to Drake, I think it's more or less that he's getting people to write for certain types of songs. Mm-hmm. Like his R&B stuff, I don't think he's writing that stuff. Don't think so? I don't think he's writing that stuff. I think people are writing that stuff for him. It's like his R&B songs, his Caribbean songs and things like that. Even some of his party tracks, I don't think he's writing them. I think when it's coming down to like the actual rapping stuff, like rapping, rapping, I yeah. think he writes that stuff. But you, know, you think the songs that he does get like party hits, like uh, Nice For What that I heard the other day, and then people really don't know where that song came from. <laughs> like They don't know who Big Freedy is. It's kind of funny. I don't, uh, I, think he, I don't think he wrote that. He might have wrote parts of it. I don't think he... If, if I was to guess, I would probably say he wrote... Well, he might have wrote that one because that was more of a rapping type song. Yeah, it, I mean, I've listened to it a couple of times. It's not bad. It's just like, it's what I expect from Drake by now. Yeah, it sounds more like a Drake song, but like a Take Care Extra song. <laughs> Take Care Extra. Yeah. Like, a, like a, throw, a throwaway track? Like a throwaway track, yeah. Because like, um, you could, like some of the songs you hear, like a lot of those songs, like when Drake starts flip, flipping styles and stuff like that, and like doing nah. the reggae songs and stuff like that, I'd be like, okay, I don't think he wrote this one. No. Nah. But when he's like, when he's rapping, rapping, I think, okay, he probably wrote that. Because you know, it's, funny, it's funny how you can tell the difference, because I know I can't. <laughs> yeah. Because if you listen to his older stuff, like um, what was his first EP called that everybody went crazy over? Comeback season. Is that the one? That's his first major project, I think. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Drake. First album. But if you listen to, either way, if you listen to his earlier stuff, his rapping stuff had a certain, okay, So Far, so far Gone is the one I'm thinking about. Okay, So Far Gone, yeah. 
It had like that's a definitely certain, like it had a certain feel to it, and he was rapping on it. You know, it is. I think as he progressed and got better, I think okay, I'm at this certain level right now. I need to probably, probably like up my game or try to find people to help me come up with hits. Hmm. Because I know a lot of people were saying that Party Next Door is writing a lot of that stuff too. Yeah. <laughs> the OVO slave shop. <laughs> yeah. So I can kind of see how that can happen. Like he would like take hits from Party Next Door. I'm like, all right, this is mine now. <laughs> yeah, because if you think about it, I mean, Drake was releasing a lot of music. And party next door wasn't. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of the sales he was having at one point sounded like party next door or the weekend and stuff like that. I remember when party next door first got big, <laughs> and then he just fell off the map because Drake didn't want him to take the spot. Yeah. Because I mean, when party first came out, his music was huge. I mean, you heard it everywhere. Repeat. You rarely ever hear party next door song anymore. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. That's true, though. That's true. I think he's talented. Oh, yeah. I think artists have those type of waves where they kind of ebbs and flows. If you don't get on that wave when it comes, or somebody else takes your sound, which Drake kind of did, Yeah, he rode the wave of it, you kind of miss your opportunity. I think that's kind of what happened with Party Next Door, where Drake took his sound for songs that he party probably wrote for him. Drake wrote that wave, so then when Party Next Door really kind of like came out, people were like, oh, we already hear Drake doing this. <laughs> so it's kind of like, ah, uh, well, what can you do then? It's the, it's the future effect. How Future is making all these songs sound like Future, then everybody starts sounding like Future. Everyone, literally everyone, future started a wave of rappers just trying to sound like that. And that one sound, I mean, one of my first favorite future songs was um, Astronaut Status. <laughs> and birds take a birds take a bath, birds take a bath. And like, it was some of my favorite songs. And I listen to those now, I listen to songs of people nowadays. And the rhythm sounds the same, the beat sounds the same. I mean, it's damn near a future produced track. Yeah. And it's because. And there's, and, and there's no hiding about it either. <laughs> yeah, they're blatant about it. Back back in the day, you couldn't do that. And I think now it's just accepted. You know, you can just, well, we like this sound, so everybody's going to just take the same sound and run with it. And it's crazy to say that because people used to give Jay Z a lot of flack for that. People pay homage and love Jay now, but people don't re- remember that. Jay-Z used to get a lot of shit talked about him. Really? A lot of shit, yeah. One of the things people used to say about Jay-Z that he was throwing, he was just steal people's styles and every hot, every hot artist, and you can look back at his catalog, every time there's a hot artist who's blowing up, Jay-Z would immediately hop on that track. Whether he liked the artist or not. Just because they were the hottest thing smoking. Like, a uh, good example of that is uh, Juvenile. When Juvenile first came out with High, all of a sudden, the high remakes come out. Jay Z's on that. <laughs> yeah, it, it makes sense now. I think about it. Yeah, it's like, and that's how, what Jay Z would do. He would hop on anytime there was a hot artist who's kind of blowing up, 
expect to hear a Jay Z verse on it. And people would get people would give Jay Z flack for it. A lot of artists would come at Jay Z about it, like, "Yo, you're jacking people's style." And it's not only that he would jack their style on some songs; he would try to rap to the cadence of that artist. And now everybody does that nowadays. I mean, it's so widespread and openly accepted. I guess this is part of the musical scene, you know? Because people, you said back in the day, people used to hate that and they used to be against it. Yeah, that was a big deal. A lot now of, it's if like, you look, listen to nobody a lot of, cares. <laughs> yeah, now they don't care. If you listen to a lot of old school artists' interviews, Talk about Jay-Z. You hear a lot of them talking shit about Jay-Z. You hear LL Cool J talking about, about Jay-Z. You hear a lot, of, a lot of the older artists talking. His contemporaries talking crap about like him and Mace. Him and Mace was going through it. A lot of artists didn't. Prodigy from Mob Deep didn't like Jay-Z. A lot of artists did not like Jay-Z because they felt like he was stealing people's styles. Raekwon, I think at one point, was throwing shots at Jay-Z, Fat Joe. And a lot of it was because People looked at Jay-Z as one of the best artists of that time, but a lot of them was like, yo, all Jay-Z do is steal people's style. That was something that Jay-Z kind of got for quite a while. I'm sure it's a lot back then. It was a lot more, um, it was a lot more, people cared more about it than they do with Drake. Because I mean, I mean, I, I know Drake's from Toronto and there's a lot, there's a big, um, Caribbean influencer, but not to the point to where now he's talking like he's from the island. Because <laughs> you're, you're not. I mean, Drake reminds why? me of, I, why? He reminds me of Robert Downey Jr. from Tropic Thunder. He's a dude <laughs> playing a dude playing a dude. What are you doing? Let the door just keep, keep doors behind it. <laughs> I don't even know what to say about Drake sometimes, man. Is there anything else we got to talk about? Mm, let's touch on some basketball real quick. Let's not. Let's do it. What you want to talk about with basketball? So, um, hmm, where to start? LeBron's down 2-0. Yeah, that's... And now the excuse of he has no help is being brought back up. Even after that trade, I everyone was that. talking about that is the lamest damn excuse ever. Because every time LeBron's down in any series, all of a sudden he doesn't have any help. I always hate it. They, they did the same narrative with the Heat. When the Heat will lose, when the, that last run with the Heat, when they end up losing, they were like, oh, LeBron don't have any help. Mm-hmm. You have D Wade right next to you, fam. How much more help do you need? <laughs> you have all these veteran players and these players who are. Potential all stars, and now you don't have help. They, you had all this time. You had this help to get you to the number one seed. Now playoff time. Now you don't have help no more. Man, it was even worse. It was on Miami because all he has to home. You're the third greatest shooting guard in all of basketball sitting right next to you. What do you mean you have no help? Yeah. I mean, you have an all star power forward. You have a brilliant coach. Eric, to this day, Eric Spoelstra still doesn't get the credit he deserves. The head coach. Yeah, excellent coach. That Heat team should not be sniffing the playoffs. <laughs> I've said it before. Like, how is this team gonna get in the playoffs? That I mean, team. Star players are Tyler Johnson and then James Johnson. It's like, wow. Yeah. Nobody sits there talking about how how dope Go On Dragic is. <laughs> Let's keep it real. Uh, he's he's. I remember when he was back in his Phoenix days. 
dominant. Yeah. But LeBron is the only type of player I think who could be down 2-0. And not only, well, you're still, like, one, you're still expecting to win. Yeah. And two, people will make every excuse in the world on why he's down 2-0. They'll just throw out excuses for him. Oh, it's the team. Oh, he doesn't have enough help. Oh, this. They won't just say, hey, well, you know what? Maybe some, Maybe it might be LeBron. I agree with that to a certain extent because, I mean, he's LeBron, and he's going to get his 40, his 10, and 7. But what's around him, when they made that trade, it got worse, in my opinion, because they got rid yeah, of all did. the veteran help. They did. And they got rid of Derrick Rose. And for people that don't know, I am from Chicago, and I am a huge Bulls fan. I'm also a huge Derrick Rose fan. Derrick Rose was the best player on the Timberwolves this play, this, uh, this postseason. Yeah. Out playing Jimmy, out playing Cat, Jeff Teague. I'm, you could have used that. They could have used D-Wade. Because you could have used D-Wade, because George – their backcourt is looking awful. It's awful. You got, what's that dude's name? Jose Calderon? Like, yeah. They made that trade. ESPN, all these major media sites and sports people. Oh, the Cavs got better. Now they're attacked to Golden State. No. With who? Larry <laughs> Nance? <laughs> yeah, they're competitive. Let's yeah, Larry Nance is definitely going to scare KD. I don't think people. Sometimes people hot takes are just utterly ridiculous. Like, look at Golden State and look at all these other teams. Is there really a comparison? No. If you look at Houston, after CP3 and half, Clint Capella. Yeah. PJ Tucker. <laughs> I know I'm gonna get flack for saying this <laughs> from certain people, but Houston's not beating Golden State, fam. It doesn't. If Houston beats Golden State, it would be the biggest shock in the world to me. And it's not because I don't think Houston's not good. That's not the case at all. It's just think that Golden State has stacked the deck in their favor so much where they can almost they can lose one or two players and still Win a championship. As long as those one or two players aren't Steph or Draymond. Exactly. Yeah, they're good. Yeah. They don't, they don't necessarily need Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is just an added bonus. Mm, he helps this year, this year, they do need Kevin Durant. Yeah, he helps a lot, but they, it's still feasible of them winning a championship without Durant there. They could be last year's Cleveland team with Kyrie without Kevin Durant. I can, I think, I think so. Yeah, they could do it. Cause they did it once, <laughs> did it yeah. twice. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy to think about it. But and people always say that. Well, yeah, it's a super team. It, it comes and yeah, it's not. It's not necessarily good for basketball, but it comes to a point where you need to like, okay, we need to start making our own super teams. And make like make legitimately super teams. You can't go you either. Know, LeBron gets a lot of flack for the whole super team thing. But if we're gonna keep it a buck, Delvin, the first super team was Boston. 
Yeah. And they made that trade for KG and Ray yeah. Allen. That's the super team. Because at that time, those were some of the best talent in the league. And it was still and in their prime. The, it's still in their prime. And to this day, they should have won more than one championship. Yeah. And I've, I've said it before that super team things have been going on forever. Yeah. Only difference is that usually when you have a team with a whole bunch of all-stars on it, the players are not in their prime. Anymore. They're on the decline. So if the teams get them for cheaper. But it's still, still quality players. Instead of hitting 30 points per game, they're going to hit 15, 20 points a game. Kind of like Scotty back in his uh, Blazers rocket days. Yeah, exactly. And nowadays, you can players have smartened up and they figured, hey, we can make our own super teams by just taking a little pay cut. And we'll get, we'll end up getting the money back anyway. Yeah, because isn't that how Golden State resigned uh, Steph? KD took a pay cut. Yeah, because he already had a three hundred million dollar deal for uh, what was it from um, Nike? Yeah. And it, it comes to a point where you're making that much money. How much more do you really need? That and most of these athletes in the NBA, bro, they're making more money outside of basketball than they exactly. are. Exactly. Inside. Like, like James, I mean, LeBron has a billion dollar Nike deal for life. Come on now. Yeah. So at some point, you have to be like, all right, I can take a pay cut. It's not going to kill me. Yeah. And with that whole LeBron billion dollar Nike deal, I'm pretty sure they make a billion off of him a year. Yeah, they probably make it in less than a year. Actually, those LeBron shoes sell like crazy. The new ones, all those colorways. The Fruity Pebble ones are my favorite. Those and the, um, the black and red ones, those are nice. There's so many different colorways I'd buy. But <laughs> I have a funny story about LeBron shoes. I have, I think I still have the pair. I have one pair of LeBron shoes ever. And I bought them for $50. At Adidas. You know what Adidas is? No. What's that? Okay. You ever heard of you know what Ross is? Yeah. Didi's is like a low-budget Ross. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> all you ever think about Didi's. Yeah. I just happen to see these LeBron James shoes in there for $50. Like, ah, whatever, I'll buy them. <laughs> I can't tell you which ones they are. Because I never was a shoe guy. When I grew up, I, we, I grew up poor. We were broke. So... When we bought shoes, it was like, I think, the, I want to say the first name brand shoes I actually got when I was in high school were the Shaq Tosis. The Reebok Shaq shoes. I think I got those yeah, when they were. That's, that's before my time, man. <laughs> yeah. I think they, they, re, they made them again recently. And they call, they yeah, don't call they them did. Shaq. They call them something else. But the funniest shoes I bought, and I kid you not, I bought these shoes from a flea market. And warm to school every day. They had a pair of Wayne Gretzky Nikes. Really? Yes. They are some of the most uncomfortable shoes I ever wore in my life. Because the whole dude for a hockey player. <laughs> yeah, not only that, but the whole top of the shoe was made out of hard plastic with no cushion. Wait, plastic on the shoes? Yeah, hard plastic. They'll be on a straight hard plastic on the shoe. Not rubber. I mean, okay, what, what, or is the soles plastic or is it like or the soles rubber? Soles are still rubber, but the, the, the whole all around the shoe was like hard plastic. Yeah. So imagine walking in hard plastic shoes. 
so they gave you a cleat and called it a pair of uh, like if they gave you a hockey a hockey cleat and called it a uh, called it a gym shoe, right? Yeah. When I say those mm. shoes hurt like heck, they hurt like heck, to say the least, man. <laughs> I have to send you a picture of these. If, if yeah, I can man, even I gotta, find I gotta, a picture, I gotta see them. <laughs> even if I can find, I gotta see if I can find a picture of these shoes. If if I can find a picture, let me show you a picture of these shoes. They were utterly ridiculous. But, oh, final things we were talking about basketball. Who do you think's gonna win? The finals. Well, or, uh, think, the finals. Who do you think's gonna get to the finals? Since we're talking about it, LeBron's down 2-0. Think uh, he's gonna get beat Boston? I think LeBron takes it to a six-game series. I think they win two games. I think that I think they win the next game. I think they win game three at home. And I think they lose one of those games at home. And then they go back to Boston to win one. But after that, I mean, I, I can give LeBron two, but I can't give him. I can't give him four out of the next. Uh, what is it? Four out of the next five? No. Yeah, that would be hard to say the least. I mean, there's no room for error. And you don't have a roster that can give you no, no room for error. Yeah, so, um, okay, well, I forgot. I went blank for a second. Um, the Golden State Series, who do you think is going to win that? Um, I think it's either a six-game or a seven-game series. I got to go to State. I mean, as much as that last game was it. I mean, I have two blowouts in this series. Golden State's going to blow out Houston. Houston's going to blow out Golden State. Because, trust me, when they get back to Golden State, it's going to be a 20, 30-point game. It's going to be ugly. Yeah. I, I mean, the same thing. they haven't played, like, all these guys together like that in Golden State, I mean, in, Golden State in the playoffs. And I, I, want, I want to see how that's going to go. Because Steph and Clay they combined for 24 points. And that's terrible. I mean, it was terrible. I've never seen Steph be that off. And that's I think it was, I think it was more because of the environment that end because Chris Paul. As much as people think I'm a Chris Paul hater, and I'm really not. I mean, I'm, I'm just Chris Paul's fantastic. Chris fantastic. Paul's He's fantastic. He's fantastic. Yeah, he was giving it to Steph. I'm not gonna lie to you, he was giving it to him. I think that team needs one more piece. That's my opinion so, on that team. I think they need one more piece. If Houston gets one more piece, I think they can at least contend with Golden State. I can see them beating Golden State in the series. They need one more piece. I don't know who. I couldn't tell you who. But they're like mm. one step away from being like. So when you say one piece, do you mean a big man? Or are you talking about a wing? Like a small forward? I would probably see a small forward. You don't think Trevor Reese is the answer? <laughs> I think he, I think he's okay, but I don't know how you just—it just seems like they're missing one piece. They need something there. They do seem pretty top heavy. Yeah, they need something there. I can't put my finger on it. Like, and I'm saying this in the sense where, like, put I'll put it to you this way: if go, let's say if Golden State wasn't a factor, yeah. If Golden State wasn't a factor, Golden State wasn't there, I think they'll be winning a championship this year. Hands down. Yeah, that's fair. Definitely. So I, if so Golden State my, wasn't in their way, because I don't yeah. think there's anyone in the East that can put up with Houston. Yeah. Maybe Boston. 
I can see that Maybe defense Boston. wearing them down. I can, actually, I took that back. If Boston and the Rockets do meet, I got Boston. Yeah, okay. I can, I can, ain't nothing wrong with that. But I, I, I just see that team. That, that Rockets team is so strong. And James Harden is playing so well. Yeah. This he's year. This year, he's been playing so well. So it's like, it just feels like that team is missing like one little piece. I, I can't yeah. put my finger on it. I can understand it. that. Because, you, like I said, you look at James Harden, you look at CP3, and then it's a huge fall off. I mean, yeah. Eric Gordon, yeah, he's nice. But, I mean, he's not going to be a major component to you winning the championship. Yeah, you're not winning with Trevor Ariza and Eric Gordon. <laughs> and the thing nah. is, people are not even mentioning the guy they paid all that money to, Ryan Anderson. Where has he been on the bench? <laughs> That's another thing. Maybe they – I don't know how you would play – see, I want to say a center, but a center wouldn't necessarily work either because they would probably yeah. slow down the game. They'll slow the game down and it'll be in Capella's way for offensive rebounds. Maybe like a Chris Bosh type player? You think so? Like late Chris Bosh in Miami or early Chris Bosh? Probably late Chris Bosh because late Chris Bosh was more – Man, that jump shot was wet. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how he got. Man, I I remember what, uh, one year he was okay, okay with the jump shot. The next year he's then three like a shooting guard. Just yeah, it's crazy. Like yeah, maybe like a Chris Bosh type player. I don't know who. I can't think of a top man who would be like that now. Maybe Kevin Love, but Kevin Love is wishy washy. I think Kevin Love is. I have this theory that um, people, some of my friends go along with it because they think it's true. Some people don't. I think that LeBron destroys that um, former dominant power forwards and point guards. Because he's a point guard and a power forward in one. You might be right. That's a good theory. I was listening to this podcast today. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the name of it? It's with Malcolm Gladwell. And for some reason, this podcast never talked about basketball. But he was talking, he got on a, a tangent about basketball. He was saying that how some players, because of their environment, don't play as well as they could play. I forgot who he mentioned. He mentioned a Pacific player who's having like an all-star year this year. Mm. We had an all-star year this year. I can't remember who it was exactly. But like the fourth this year, they could, he was considered a bust. I'm trying to think who it was he mentioned. I can't remember who it was he was talking about. But it's interesting when you, he was like, it could be the coach or it could be mm-hmm. the environment there is. So maybe Kevin Love is that type of player. Him being around LeBron is hindering him in a sense. I mean, he was averaging 20 and 12 when he was in Minnesota. And the reason why Kyrie left was Cleveland because he wanted his own gig. Yeah, maybe he was LeBron. Kind of being a little blow to LeBron and having a. Having LeBron be the guy that holds the ball the most when he's the point guard. <laughs> Maybe LeBron has that um, what's the dude name I'm trying to think of right now? Why well, I can't think of his name? Who was in New York? Which guy? Who's a coach? No player. Uh, what year? Like two thousands? Like just last year, he just got traded to the um, to he's on OKC now. Um, Emmanuel Moutier? No, not Emmanuel. You know, why right, I can't think well, of his he, name? He, he's in New York now. I can't even think about it. Uh, you said he got traded to where? 
OKC. He was in New York. Can't think of big player, big main player. I can't think of his name right now. I can't. I can't believe I. Oh, just um, Enes Cantor. Maybe yeah, maybe Cantor. Cantor is a good example. Yeah. Where you just because of the environment, you have that kind of like. If you're not getting those touches, you're not. You almost bring your team down in a sense. Yeah. And I think LeBron does that sometimes. Because the focus gets so much on LeBron, it can hurt the team. And that kind of happens sometimes with great players. Well, and, 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 it, it comes with the territory. Unless you're Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan, of course. Because what was great about those two guys is the fact that, well, if our whole team's sticking right now, I'm just going to hit 81 points. <laughs> yeah. whether, you want, whether you want me to or not. Because you're not going to stop me. Yeah. And LeBron hasn't really shown the ability that you do just that. He has moments, but he hasn't shown the ability where, you know what, I'm going to hit 80 points. And even though my team's sticking up the joint right now, we're still going to win. Because there's been times where the Bulls were sticking up the joint and then you know, next thing you know, Jordan just not missing. Or the Lakers versus Cleveland. 80s, 60 this, 70 that, 40 that. And it's going off for no reason. Yeah. And Kobe had an ability, too, to do that exact same thing. Well, LeBron has moments before he shines like that. He more shines when he gets everybody involved into the game. Yeah. And I mean, if you think about it, that's how LeBron initiated his offense within himself. He passes the ball first. You know, yeah. get the ball moving around, open up some space, and he just obliterates you to the hole. But that's the thing, though, like... As great as LeBron is, I've never seen him dominate a moment like Kobe or Mike or all the other guys. Used well, to. even D-Wade, for that matter. D-Wade, D-Wade. Has moments. D-Wade has moments when he does that. Where he would just dominate. And you're like, whoa. He can't didn't really D-Wade have like tw- yeah, 24 points, one playoff game. Nobody expected that. A game, game-winning uh, jump shot. Yeah. They're like, oh, wow, he just turned back the clock. No, he's just a great. <laughs> he can- yeah, that's what greats do. They have moments where they just, okay. Y'all think I can't do it? I'm going to do it again. Well, that was a good talk. We added a little sports in there. I'm always down for that. <laughs> That's always a good time. Definitely. Any final thoughts on the first episode, man? Uh, uh, no, just appreciate the, uh, appreciate the, uh, you know, the new beginning. And, like you said, turning a negative into a positive. Definitely. And, uh, definitely. You know, I think people like this one. You know, you got a good thing going. Definitely, definitely. Let everybody know where to find you at in the other podcast that you're on when eventually y'all dudes record it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I'm part of recording sources. You know, uh, me, Dre, uh, uh, Evan, Rob, a bunch of guys in their, own, in their 30s. Like Devin just turned 30, I think. And I'm always having that type of crowd. And then me, you know, they always call me Youngblood. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, sometimes they have these, um, when we do record podcasts, we're talking and stuff, they drop out these movie quotes that are way before my time that I have absolutely no knowledge of. <laughs> that I just guess. And they just die at it. But uh, yeah, you can find us at a court, A2S on Twitter. And uh, my Twitter is two underscores Christian. But yeah, we're 
You're the Peter Parker of the group. You're the Spider-Man in the group. Oh, definitely. And trust me, they, they won't let you forget it. You know that old movie, <laughs> Empire Strikes Back? They're like, what? How old is this kid? <laughs> That's literally you. Uh, they dropped a, uh, what movie they dropped the other day? It was um, The White Man Can't Jump, or White Man Can't Jump, whatever. I can't remember well, the title of it right now. That's a really yeah. good movie. I told them I've never seen, seen it. I've never seen it. You need to see that one. That's a good movie. That is it probably... Looks, it, that movie will make you think, one, one, Wesley Snipes is excellent in that movie. Two, uh, Woody Harrelson is excellent in that movie. Three, what's her name? I can't remember the Spanish girl name. It's oh, girl. Um, Rosie Perez. That is probably the finest I've ever seen Rosie Perez look. Man, I've seen pictures of her from the 90s. I was like, I wish I was alive, man. <laughs> she I mean, she looks that movie. killer. Like crazy. Yeah. Excellent movie. I love that movie. Well, everybody knows where to find me at. Delvin underscore Cox on Twitter. Talking about comic books, video games, and all other sort of nonsense. <laughs> Anything <laughs> else you got to say before we go, Christian? Just, uh, you know, hopefully someone defeats Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it note, won't happen. <laughs> on that note, man, blog boys, and we are out. Peace. We out.